And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Do you want to hang close? <laughs> all right, so everyone who was listening, big kids, have you got your, have, who's, who's got their sheet ready with the fill in the blanks, big kids, are you going to fill in the sheet? Any of the kids going to fill in the sheet, hopefully? Um, what was the shepherds' response to the angels? Can you yell it out? How did they respond, the shepherds, when the angels all appeared? Oh, kids? Adults? Terrified. terrified. The angels were terrified. They were so scared. But what did the angels say to the shepherds? What were their words? Don't be afraid. I bring news to you of great joy. And then we had three descriptions for Jesus in the passage. What were the three descriptions? Did you catch them? Saviour. Messiah or Christ, which means Saviour King as well. And Lord. Lord, that's right. And according to the heavenly host, what will this baby bring to the earth? Starts with P. Peace. Peace. That's right. So we kind of know this story that angels appeared to Mary and Joseph and said that a child would be born, he'd be Christ, the Saviour, the Lord, he'd be, he'd be born in a manger, there'd be potentially animals hanging around, there'd be a star for the wise men to follow so they could find him, not that night by the way, probably some months later, it's a big walk from the east, and they came to him and they worshipped him and the angels appeared to the shepherds and they were afraid, they said, don't be afraid, this is the best news you have ever heard in the world, the very best news. And this is probably familiar to all of us. Jesus was born, Joseph and Mary were his parents. His father in heaven was also his heavenly father. But why? Why did Jesus, truly God himself, eternal like the Father and the Holy Spirit, why did the eternal Son through all through whom all things were made, why did he enter into our humanity via the icky, somewhat traumatic birth that all of us have experienced firsthand? We've all been born as well. And whether you've been a Christian for a long time or you're not a Christian at all, maybe you don't have a clear answer as to why he decided to become human. It's a bit like the Panatoni. We know the basics. 
but the details are a bit fuzzy. And I want to say to you this Christmas, the details of why Jesus came into the world, it's more than just a nice story. It's the most phenomenal cosmic event that changed the course of history for all time. It's the most significant event for every single human being in the world that has ever been born, that has been born, and that will be born. If you truly understand the incarnation, it will change your life. Why Jesus decided to become man. Good news, the answer's in the Bible. And we're going to hear from Hebrews chapter 2 as Evie rings our second ring. So Hebrews chapter 2, if you want to flick there quickly in your Bibles, and starting at verse 14. Okay, so Hebrews chapter 2, 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Thanks, Yvette. In our world, there are many threats to our human survival. We all know that firsthand from the past few years, in particular, that sickness is a threat to us and sickness kills people on a regular basis. We all know that famine is a great threat to humans. We all know that violence and wars, which are raging in our world, are a great threat to us. And yes, I am aware the kids are still in and it's Christmas time. Don't stress. I will get to the nice sunny bit um, of this message. The sun always shines brighter after a dark and foggy morning. And so it's really important to understand the backdrop of humanity into which Jesus came in order to understand why he came. There are great threats to humanity, but there's three greater threats than all of those. And they were just listed in this Bible passage for us. Three tyrants that enslave humanity that Jesus came to rescue us from. Look again at the text and see if you can see them. And on your handouts, there's a few fill-in-the-blanks. What are the three tyrants that Jesus came to rescue us from? The first one's in verse 14. What's the first one? The devil is the first one. And verse 15, what's the second one? Death. And the third one in verse 17? Sin. The devil, death, and sin are the greatest threats to humanity. More than famine, more than war, more than disease. Jesus needed to enter into our humanity in order to rescue us from the greatest threats to us. Sin, death, and the devil. Could God have just zapped people up? Well, no. And the reason is really spectacular. 
The first reason Jesus entered into our humanity was it was the only way to defeat the devil. In the Apostle Peter's letter in chapter 5, we're told the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The devil is at work in the world and even in the church. And we studied that this year when we looked at the letter, Paul's letter to Thessalonians. The devil is trying to lead people away from Jesus. The devil is trying to attack people and lead them away from Jesus. When I was a kid, I used to play a lot of cricket in the backyard with my friends. And sometimes, well, often, we'd hit the ball over the fence as we got a bit older and better at cricket. Now, the rule was, if you hit the ball over the fence into the right-hand yard, you were the one that had to go get it because there was a big dog in the right-hand yard. Now, this one time, I hit the ball over the fence and I climbed up on the fence and my friend kept watch for the dog, but the dog was happily asleep around the other side of the neighbour's house where he used to sleep. So I quietly jumped the fence and I snuck halfway across the yard because I hit the ball quite a long way into the yard. I snuck halfway across the yard and just as I got to the ball, I heard, and the dog woke up and he came around the corner and he started heading for me. And it was a long way to the fence. I was 10 years old, I was four foot tall, and I was terrified. So I bolted for the fence, and I'm sure I hurdled the six foot fence <laughs> at the height of four foot, because I was so terrified of this dog that was coming for us. And my friend said, don't worry, don't worry. And I said, why not? As I got over the fence, I looked back, and he was chained up. Well, I didn't know that until I got to the end of his chain. He was chained up, so he couldn't actually get to me Similarly, the devil's chained up. He's tied up. But unless we're in Christ, we don't realise that. And so we're terrified of him. And unless we get close to him, if we get close to him, he can hurt us. But if we don't, we can't. Jesus has bound the devil by entering into our humanity and dying on the cross and rising to new life. His resurrection has bound Satan and when he returns, Satan will be defeated and destroyed for all time. So the first reason that Jesus came into the world was to die on the cross to defeat the one who holds the power of death, we're told in this passage. He came to defeat the devil and his death and resurrection defeated Satan. So that's the first reason he came into the world. The second reason he entered into our humanity in verse 14 was to rescue us from death. Death's described as the old foe, no matter how many gym memberships we have and private health insurance we have, eventually we're all confronted with death. And as adults, I presume you've been confronted with death already in the loss of loved ones. And maybe Christmas is hard for you. Maybe you're missing someone this Christmas. Maybe someone in your family is really sick and you're just not sure if they're going to have another Christmas. Death is the old foe. We were made in God's image. We were made for life. Death cuts against our very being. It cuts against who we are. It breaks our relationships. Death is our great enemy, and we know that deep down whenever we lose someone. No matter how old they are, it hurts. Ever since Adam and Eve first rebelled against God and broke his command, all people die. And the only way to reverse this new law that's been set into our humanity, we all die, 
is for Jesus to come into the world, to enter our humanity with us. He lived as we all do and died as we all will. But he defeated death. He rose from death to new life. God raised him to new life on the third day. And Jesus' promise is that we too will be raised to new life, all of us. And if our faith is in Jesus, we'll be raised to eternal life with God forevermore. Jesus became man in order to defeat the devil and conquer death. And thirdly and finally, he did it to conquer sin. Verse 17 says, For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and make atonement for sins of the people. Sin is rebellion against God. And Romans chapter 6 says the punishment for sin is death, eternal death. To sin against an eternal God results in eternal death, which makes sense. Eternal separation from the life giver. Eternal separation from all that is good that he gives. But the wonderful news is we have a great saviour sent into the world, as we learned in the video, which finally, finally sort of worked. Not in the way we expect did Jesus come, but he came in the way that was best. God sent his Prince of Peace, his one and only Son, his loving, compassionate, merciful saviour to walk with us to talk with us, to eat with us, and then die for us. A human representative had to pay the price for human sin, and that representative had to be perfect, had to be spotless, had to be without sin himself, and that representative had to also be truly God himself in order to be powerful enough to pay the price for all human sin. Billions of people committing thousands of sins throughout their lifetime requires an incredible, indeed an infinite, sacrifice in order to be worthy to pay the price for our sin. He took God's wrath upon himself and died so that we might live. His death makes atonement for our sins. It pays the appropriate price, it appeases God's wrath and it reunites us with our loving Heavenly Father. So in conclusion, what's with the Pentatonies? I don't know. I don't know what's with the Pentatonies. I know they came from Milan. I know it's hundreds of years old. I know that on February 3rd, you save a slice of your Pentatoni, if you're a true Italian, you save a slice, and on February 3rd, you eat it. You need to toast it because it's gone a bit stale. You toast it, put butter on it, and you eat it, and it protects you from ailments, apparently. It, it, it's, got, it's, it's got immune-boosting properties, apparently. I really respect traditions, and I I think this is a great tradition, the Panettone for Italians. It doesn't affect me. But what's with this baby we remember every Christmas time? This baby affects everyone. This baby affects everyone who was ever born, everyone who has been born, and everyone who will be born. This baby matters to me and to all of you. This baby has consequences for every person in the world. The incarnation is global in its scope and infinite in significance. 
Jesus became incarnate to defeat the devil, to defeat death, and to rescue us from our sin because we cannot save ourselves. Jesus became incarnate because you all are so very precious to him. Because he loves you, he became incarnate. We are all worth the trouble of Jesus coming into the world. He saw our hopeless state, trapped in sin, destined for death, encircled by the devil, and he had compassion. And he did what it took to save us. Out of love, he rescued us. And he offers us hope for eternal life. And I want to point out one last thing in verse 18. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he helps those who are being tempted. If your trust is in Jesus, he keeps helping you throughout your whole life when you're tempted to sin. So there you have it. None of us are Panettone Christians anymore. We know what it's all about. We know why Jesus came into the world. We know the significance of the incarnation. You can enjoy this Christmas and every other Christmas from now on knowing that you're a beloved person who Jesus loves and came to the world to die for. That despite your hopeless state without him, languishing in sin, destined for judgment, you have a beautiful saviour. Christmas is a love story about a God who loves us, sending his son into the world to save us from our sin, from death and from the devil. What a magnificent, humble and generous saviour we have in Jesus. Let me pray. Loving Father and Almighty God, we thank you for our Lord Jesus. Thank you for his generosity and kindness and mercy in coming into the world. We thank you for his power that he defeated the devil and death and sin. And we pray that we'll entrust ourselves to him, knowing what a beautiful saviour he is, now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.